when you're on your period, you're feeling really tired or like maybe you don't want to do as much stuff. Well, capitalism requires you to show up every single day the same way. So of course you're going to think it's a nuisance and we haven't actually taken some time to, you know, analyze that. Hi, I'm Phoebe Taylor's biographer, Phoebe Taylor. And I'm Jacques. Are we just not? <laughs> Welcome to Do You Ever Feel Like? <laughs> Where we ask the questions that everyone's thinking and no one's answering. What the fuck? I'm sorry. That was me. That was me. Okay. I'm sorry. We'll do it again. Do it again. Okay. What happened? I'm sorry. I can't tell if there's a delay or if you're just being like this right now. Wait, what? (laughs) You look like you sound insane. I don't know if it's a delay or if you're just being insane right now. (laughs) I think it's both. I think it's both. Okay. Oh, my God. I think we should just leave that, actually. Do you want to do it again? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happened. <laughs> um, we're leaving it. We're leaving it. We're leaving it. Anyway. <laughs> Great. Silly, happy, goofy moods over here. Um, well, today on the podcast, we have a guest. We have a guest. That was like, I mean, honestly, this conversation was delightful. Like, I know. That was like, she's such a poised, kind human, so smart. I know. I, know. I felt so like calm and like I know. with her. That was like I know. great. She I know. Heard? I'm always, yeah. pardon? Yes. She heard? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. You got it. Um, I, uh, I'm always so, uh, I, I admire people that can – I mean, as we know, I get flustered. Not even just easily. I just am flustered. Yes. <laughs> Especially when I get angry. It's like words just like evaporate from my tongue. And I so admire educators, health educators, um, mm. especially mm-hmm. in this in this climate that we live in. But I'm so excited. I've known Kate for a couple of years now. We've run in the same. We've run in the same circles. Sounds so dark and and mystical. I've been playing a lot of. Um, uh, I got two new Sims expansion packs. Uh, oh, one of them being yeah. Cottage Living, another one being I can't remember what it's called, but it's got to do with magic. So I've I've been in weird moods, man. I've yeah. been in weird moods. Anyway, yeah. anyway, anyway. anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Caitlin, she, her, is a menstrual cycle educator, cycle syncing coach, and cyclical content creator for all things menstrual and TMI. She approaches health and wellness from an evidence-based approach with a sprinkle of woo-woo. She helps passionate, intuitive, brilliant menstruators understand and work with their hormonal rhythm. Think of her as the health ed teacher you wish you had growing up. She breaks down the menstrual cycle in an easy-to-digest pieces so that menstruators can finally break from feeling like their body is a mystery. She dreams of a world where menstruators view their menstrual cycles as a source source of wisdom and power. So cute. I love Caitlin so much. Um, This was such a lovely um, conversation and episode. 
And we talk mm-hmm. a little bit at the end there, but I am so, as we know, I am so skeptical of all things and people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And especially, I'm, uh, this, I don't know if this, whatever, we can destruct, deconstruct this on a later date, but I'm very skeptical of white women selling me a way to be better in the world. Mm-hmm. And I am mm-hmm. very skeptical of people if they are not talking about the whole picture. But Caitlin very much talks about the whole picture and Caitlin is very much yes. not trying to sell you something, a uh, one size fits all solution. Um, yes. But I think that is such a huge um she really stands out in, you know, the sex education or, you know, health education um, landscape for that exact reason, because that is not all that exists there. And it's frustrating. So um, this was a lovely, lovely opportunity to chat with, with Kate. Yes. And um, I think it's appropriate to say that, um, you know, we talk about some heavy shit in this mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, body stuff, abortion, et cetera. So yeah, take care of yourself, take a second, mm-hmm. that's fine. Take care of yourself. Yeah. 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 We but, get, it's, but it's good. It's good. We get heated. Yes, definitely take care of yourselves. And um, I want to mention this up at the top of the episode. We do get into it later, but I just want to shout it from the rooftops um, for my people in the States and I believe in uh, – uh, in parts of Canada as well, plancypills.org. Um, they are at-home abortion pills. You can go online. You can grab them. They last a good while. You can keep them mm-hmm. in your under the cupboard for yourself, for friends, stock up. Um, that's really what they are pushing right now. Um, states are trying to come for this very safe, legal um, uh uh, at home abortion pill and um you know it's you are not uh there's a lot they do a lot of great education go check it out plans pills.org um and also we'll list that in the show notes and i also will list a couple of like podcast resources where some of their educators talk but it's um i oh, oh, really 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 important right now and um and, and so vote important. and donate and mm-hmm, yell mm-hmm. and all that stuff and volunteer <laughs> yep. and volunteer and listen to this episode with Kate which really i think is the like long term solution yes, yes. Mm-hmm. right it's, when we're talking about yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it's kind of like the way the way we were living and then and then, yeah. as always, the big beast on this show, capitalism and patriarchy, intervene. So anyway, yes, enjoy our conversation with Caitlin. Um, I, in an unsurprising um, plan of – are you okay, Jacqueline? I'm excited. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> in an unsurprising turn of events, right before we were recording, um, I bled all over my jeans this morning. <laughs> so Here we go. Like, here we go. And then and then I thought, do I change my pants? And I thought, what's the point? I'm just going to do the it same is. thing to another pair of pants. So, um, which is why Caitlin's here. Caitlin, like, came <laughs> sliding into the DMs right after I declared to the whole world that I get my period blood all over the walls constantly. Um, yeah. And so... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just continue to. So welcome. Welcome, Caitlin. Thanks so much for being here. Can yeah, you help so me? Excited. Yes, yes. I mean, hopefully. Hopefully we can. <laughs> At the age of like, I've been thinking, I think about this all the time, but like, 
there very shortly I will have been menstruating for like as mm. long as I've been like for longer than I haven't. Mm-hmm. And that's <sighs> how I feel about that <laughs> right now. Okay. Like, well, yeah. I, I, I may, yeah. I hope that after today, maybe you won't feel. I mean, so. well, okay. So I guess like my first question, and I forgot to say this, we will do an intro before, um, before we get started. Um, but I think, yeah, I don't know, like in your own words, what is it that you do? Um, and, um, and I guess I'm always like curious about people's like origin story. It's like, what, what is so, what is it that you do? And like, why are you so passionate about it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Why am I so passionate about periods? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. (laughs) So I'm a menstrual cycle educator and I am a cycle syncing coach. Although the term cycle syncing, it's getting a little... It doesn't feel yeah. quite right anymore. Mm. Um, but basically what I do is I teach other women and people with periods about their own bodies, kind of the health ed teacher that we should have had in school totally. because it's so much of a part of our entire lives. So yeah. why are we not paying closer attention to it, especially when we can use it in a way that is more empowering and actually a a better self-care tool than a lot of things out there yeah 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 and like I then why why is that so exciting to you I guess like why in your I don't know is there like a I'm just gonna guess is there like a spider-man origin story about why you love working with people (laughs) in periods yeah what's that Yeah. yeah yeah so I I feel like even in – have you ever read the Ch- the Channing Nichols book like for astrology? I have it uh, in sitting that, on my desk right here. Yeah. Where, so it's yeah, a bit so, further than I can reach. Uh-huh. <laughs> so in that book, in my Capricorn moon section, it said, you are here to heal your relationship with your body. Wow. And that is wow. my that is what that is what I am doing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. for most of my life I've absolutely had a horrendous relationship with my body and mm-hmm. was never my friend and basically went down this healing journey with, you know, pairing my relationship to my body and then one day I stumbled upon a podcast about periods and from there I just dove deep and and because it has had such a tremendous impact on my overall health and well-being, mm. I wanted to help others with that as well. Yeah. Classic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. And I think, I mean, I think it's funny that you say the the sex ed teacher that you never had because I – and Jacqueline, I would love to hear about your – sex education in your <laughs> I don't know I'm just gonna make assumptions about Jacqueline went to Catholic school um, <laughs> so I'm just gonna guess but I even even in my like you know fairly liberal-esque you know southern mm. Ontario public school um I I get really angry when I learn new things about my body that would have been helpful to me at the age of 12, 13, 14, Mm. 15, 16, even Mm. today as a 28-year-old woman. Like, it Mm. it makes me quite angry. Um, And, like, we know why. (laughs) 
Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we know we, we know do. why they don't they uh, uh I yeah, I don't know. I guess I I don't even know what my question is in there, but like how do I I guess maybe like what do what do your clients say? What do the people say? What are people's reactions? What is what was your own reaction in in what I feel like is this constant learning about our bodies and our relationships? I this is just another little aside. I think it's really interesting. One of my anatomy teachers and one of my Pilates teacher trainings, Marcel Constable, put anatomy in like a really wonderful way to me. She was like, our bodies aren't like the galaxy. Like we're not going to like find a new planet or something like that inside of ourselves, but we will find a new understanding about how something works. And I think mm-hmm. that is a nice way to deal with the deep anger that I feel towards not knowing that your cervix changes height and position mm-hmm. <laughs> throughout the <Yeah>. month. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So so for me, for my clients, um, most people, you know, they feel like they have been missing a piece to the puzzle their entire mm-hmm. lives. You know, it's like yeah. they're taught this thing. They're they're taught how to show up in the world and that, you know, we have to be consistent every day or, you know, that period pain is normal or PMS is normal. And then when they learn that it's not or when they learn how our hormones are impacting literally everything about us, they, A, yes, feel rage. Yeah. (laughs) Rage against these systems. But, and also, it's like a new path forward where they can ultimately care for themselves in a deeper capacity, knowing mm-hmm. that they kind of have all of their answers within themselves because their menstrual cycle is – our menstrual cycle is a messenger. It's always just giving us messages and feedback, right. but it's up to us to listen and understand that. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. So what do you think – I mean, I guess it's like we know what the what the answer is, but what – or do you feel like it is – okay, I guess maybe this is like our question for the day too. You know, it's one thing to know something about – like, oh, okay, I know when I – what is something I know about myself in my body? Um, I know when I'm stressed. I know – my body reacts to that in different ways. Like I know my skin does some stuff and I know my cycle gets funky and weird in mm-hmm. a kind of any direction. I know these things about myself. I think to understand that and remember that about yourself and um, uh, I don't know, have that reflected in the moment where you're like, am I pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> and like you're freaking out in your bathroom or or what do I feel like such horseshit? I'm just going to keep – I feel like crap, so I'm just going to like keep muscling through something. I think are very – like that's a complicated thing to do, especially in the context of the world that we live in. I guess like what um, – I don't know. How, how, how do you – how do you start to integrate that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. How how do you integrate the knowledge or how do you integrate mm-hmm. what's – Both and. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. the understanding of something and like the – I don't know. I guess it's like compassion in a way, right? Like mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I know this about myself but how can I treat myself 
how can I gift myself like what it needs or what my body wants? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that a lot of people, A, get overwhelmed when it comes mm-hmm. to either cycle thinking or hormone health in general or simply menstrual cycle education and how to actually take some of the knowledge and turn it into real life application. Mm-hmm. And so one of the first things is is to simply track our cycle. And, and, and it's not tracking your, when your abs is great and whatever, mm-hmm. but it's for me, I think of your hormonal blueprint or, you know, each month is a hormonal blueprint. And through tracking, you kind of start to understand those patterns. You can Mm -hmm. see very clearly when those shifts happen every single month. Mm. And then with that knowledge, we can then take the knowledge that we've had through tracking and then apply it in slow and meaningful ways, whether that be just like making sure you have breakfast and seeing how that impacts you or, you know, planning an entire launch around your menstrual cycle. But I think that this is how I basically see it to and tell my clients this as well. Each cycle is a new experiment. And I know, Phoebe, you love experiments. <laughs> yes. What a, that's a nice reframe. That's a nice reframe. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So, Every cycle is a new experiment and we are gifted with about 12 in the year. So we set our experiments, <laughs> yeah. you know, near the start of our period or, you know, exiting our period. And then we try out and we experiment. And then the next cycle, we have an opportunity to reflect and see, did that work? Did that help me not, you know, go down a rabbit hole of disdain and despair? (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's working, what's not? And then Mm -hmm. we get to add on every single cycle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you talk about tracking and the apps? Yeah. A little bit more. Yeah. So, so yeah, go ahead. I know you feel passionately yeah. about these. <laughs> Tracking with an app is great. It's, you know, you know, they look pretty and you can put in all of these things. However, we can't really see clearly the patterns that happen every single month. It's like mm. you put in all of this information and what do you do yeah. with it? Yeah. It just sits in your computer or gets sold. Your data gets sold, you know? And, yeah. And, and there's a lot of talk around that as well. Mm-hmm. But so apps are really great at, you know, cultivating that habit, but less wonderful at actually taking the information that you gather and, you know, actually implementing it into your life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you might sit, you might put, you know, your PMS symptoms, but do you know when they are? Do you know, you like, how you generally feel? Do you know like when you feel product productive or when you feel, you know, a little bit more anxious? Do you know when you feel focused or unfocused? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I um, would highly recommend anyone doing or listening to this. The simplest way to do this is to just open a notes app in your phone and start writing at the first day of your next period, one word or a sentence that encompasses how you feel that day. Mm. You know, do you Mm. feel grounded? Do you feel, you know, anxious? Do you feel um, joyful? And write down that one word and every single month start um, a new one. And then Mm. you'll start to see those patterns a little bit more clearly. Yeah. Mm. So smart. Mm -hmm. So smart. Um, 
I have like so many questions. (laughs) (laughs) I, what, okay, I guess it's like, okay, with that information, with like that tracking information, and yes, I think to bring up, I'm so, I am so terrified and I think maybe rightly so, especially we saw, when was Roe v. Wade overturned? Like it wasn't, wow. Uh-huh. I was about to say it wasn't even a year, but it's almost a year. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I became more aware, and I think I think a lot of people became more aware of what not just these apps, but like any information that women are putting into their phones. Like I can't remember what it was, but there was like certain not even just like you you know your period apps or whatever, but like tracking your phone to abortion clinics and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. how insidious that information is. And so that's something that I have been very thoughtful of more and more. And like I don't know, just in every way. It's like mm. ugh, whatever, whatever in all the ways. Um but I think that's a great point of like, yes, like putting – we put all – I mean, I do this. I have I have uh, multiple apps on my phone that I put my information into that are what I find increasing, increasingly inaccurate as well, even though mm. I've been using them for years. And my cycle is like – I am like your textbook cycle. Like I ovulate on the four, I, I don't should I say this on the internet? I don't know if this is like – will someone steal this? <laughs> I don't know. (laughs) But like my cycle is like very textbook. Like I ovulate on the 14th day. I get my period on the 28th day. But if there's like, I don't know, I have like a late night or a cheeseburger or something like that in between, um, you know, that shifts. And it just, it's like that it makes that information like null all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what is the purpose of that? What is the purpose of that tracking? And, and causes me a lot of anxiety because I go, oh God, my period's late or oh God, my period's early and I need to be worried about that all of a sudden. And I think what I think is really beautiful about your work is like empowering like autonomy in Mm -hmm. our understanding of these things, like autonomy that's been taken from us in our education and in all of these ways. Um, Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, being able to like make decisions. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny about it's so funny about period apps because you know they'll some of them will give you days predicted for ovulation yeah and then if you aren't actually aware of when you're ovulating Uh or you know how to track it beyond an app the app point blank period does not know when you're ovulating Mm -hmm. you know if you're not it it, sidebar if you're tracking what the temperature and the app uses temperature Mm -hmm. then yes it can calculate Mm -hmm. that but it's just a phone. It doesn't actually know when your egg is rupturing out of your follicle. <laughs> like, again, it's not magic. <laughs> exactly. It reminds me so, of those, like, early apps where there was, like, look at, like, that. it's it's an x-ray or something like that. It was, like, why can't I do it? <laughs> Remember those, like, early, like, 2009, mm-hmm. like, like, the beer drinking app things? It's, like, why doesn't yes. this work? It's, like, because it's a phone. <laughs> it's still a phone. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So like when it says that you ovulated on day 14, but it doesn't know if you've been sick or if you've Mm -hmm. been stressed over the last couple of months or whatever. So then you Mm -hmm. get to day 28 and you're like, where's my period? Well, Mm -hmm. have you even ovulated? Like there's just so many more questions. So I wish that people had more knowledge, even just about tracking and ovulation because Mm -hmm. it, 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 it gives them more agency over their own bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, something that I find very – and I would really love for you to speak to um, is this kind of – this space that you work in, Caitlin, because I think, yes, right? Like, yes, more information, more empowerment, more autonomy, therefore more freedom, um, access, resources, whatever that looks like, right? Um but what I find really interesting about the space you work in is that usually the like format or the structure is like like personal autonomy, like personal liber- I guess we can call it like liberation. I don't really know like like personal empowerment of like what kind of what we're talking about, right? Like, understand yourself, understand your body, understand your cycle. But like I very rarely see conversation around like how this information is for everyone, menstruator Mm. or not, right? Like what – how does this knowledge or how does this conversation or how do these education – empower all of us in this like community that we're all a part of right like and 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 because often I feel like the conversation is very like menstruator and doctor or menstruator and coach or menstruator and and like it stays within this this relationship and it's not for anyone else or going to anyone else and I just I think that's a problem. No? Yeah. 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 Can you speak yeah. to that at all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's interesting. So it's like we have an entire society of, you know, menstruators who are burnt out, who have period problems, who are told that they have to take on the mental load at home and at work and be everything and not expect it to be impacted or to have their menstrual cycle be impacted. So if we, I, and I don't have all of the answers, right? Yeah. Yeah. But if we had the knowledge then we can A, be role models for future generations of menstruators to make different choices mm-hmm. that we may have had um, had to do. Mm-hmm. We can have conversations with our loved ones. For example, my partner knows my menstrual cycle, if not more than I do. And so he can (laughs) support me (laughs) in the way that I need to and have better boundaries and conversations in Mm -hmm. in a way that, you know, is more holistic rather than like, why are you being so mean today? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, you know, from there, we can then spread it to more of our community and get more people involved because you should see my comment section. The men yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> in my comment section saying that periods are not that bad, you know, just gaslighting everyone mm-hmm. in our in my comment section. But if we can include them in the menstrual education from the beginning, then 
they won't be so annoying in the comments and actually support those who have menstrual cycles around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just I think that's so great because I just find it I find it really interesting that like people think that like this education doesn't apply to them, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like if I don't menstruate this isn't about me. It's you know what I mean? And this is what we talk about with like you know bodily rights period, right? Or when we talk about any other kind of injustice, right? It's like racism is only for the the people that are suffering, right? Or whatever. Or it's like it's like mm-hmm. or racism is only problematic for, you know, a certain group of people, right? Or whatever it is. And it's like no, like we all gain from access yeah. and to this information. Like we all are better people for it and better community yeah. members, etc. Um. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it's such a good. Uh, okay, I have like forty million things coming up in my mind. So I, I think the. I mean, I, I guess it's like a great tool and function of patriarchy, right? Like if we can right. silo this information and we can keep people quiet. I was funny. I was just listening to this morning, um, Demi Moore on. Um, she was talking about her like, you know, infamous pregnancy photo shoot, like on the cover of Vanity Fair. And I, it didn't really occur to me because it's like, I didn't also realize how long ago that was. Um, But she was talking about being pregnant. She was like, there was a time where like, if you were pregnant in the nineties, like you can have like your little like an announcement photo in your like little white collared shirt. And then you can celebrate the baby after, but in between, like no one, no, at no point, do we ever want to see women ex- one knowing that they've been fucked? <laughs> we never want to know that a woman's been fucked. <laughs> How horrifying! Um, mm-hmm. But then, even just the um, uh, maybe that I mean, it's so many things that. And I again, it's not just women. It's like you know, pregnant people, pregnant people that menstruate, um, and that's also again, I have so many thoughts. Yeah. But um, how how dare somebody ask for something for support and maybe we have to be empathetic towards them and maybe they need something from us and mm-hmm. maybe we have to give them their our seat on the bus or something like that like it's it's so um it, it, it patriarchy benefits so greatly by not having you know a robust sex education um in so many ways and and we can like you know when we talk about like abortion rights and we talk about like you know reproductive health and stuff like that um Mm. but i what i think is very interesting is people's and i want i'm glad you brought up your comment section kate because i want to ask you about it but i i find it interesting and i don't know if it's like the TikTokification of apps mm. where you're seeing people and information that you wouldn't otherwise interface with. So maybe that's part of it. But I also think it's like a the culture of the internet has shifted where we feel entitled to other people's um, lives and uh, like a, a, it's like kind of codependency 101, like this desire to control what other people are doing and saying. Um and I guess, like, personally, you know, how do you deal with that? And and then, I don't know, like, it's kind of hilarious fuel at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've gotten a lot better at it, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. at dealing with the trolls. 
Um, of course, I have t- days where I have to turn off my phone and put it mm-hmm. away if a video is going viral and it's maybe going viral for the wrong side of TikTok, <laughs> getting yeah. somewhere it doesn't want to go. Although I find Instagram a bit worse sometimes. Yeah. Um, Oh, truly, like, I'll go to your – I'll be enjoying a lovely video and just happen to look at the comment section, and it's like – which I see transphobes everywhere, but the men, the, like, if you just eat enough steak, you won't get your period or something like that is a brand new one to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and they're they're in my comments literally telling, like, their whole life story of how their life is bad, too. And it's like, I'm not actually saying that that your life is not bad, but we also have to take into account our menstrual cycle and how that impacts us. Where cis men don't have that, right? Yeah. Well, and and the world was built around their hormonal cycle and not... Exactly. mm -hmm. Not... Yeah. 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 Yeah, where they can do the same thing every day and that's just like... That's just not possible. It's how their bodies are are made. It's great. Mm -hmm. Like, great for you. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that you get that. But we don't. So Mm -hmm. how can we provide information and do things lifestyle or, you know, how we approach work in a way that actually supports us? Because what we're doing right now does not for a lot of people. Yeah. And so for the trolls, sometimes it just gives me a lot of fuel to my fire. I like, I am a very nice and kind person, Mm -hmm. but there is, has always been this rebellious side of me where if someone is not being kind or is not being correct and speaking Mm -hmm. like they are, I have no problem talking back to you. Yeah. (laughs) It's been a problem with my teachers my whole life too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But especially with transphobes or and, mm-hmm. and or men, like you don't get to come to my comment section and yeah. and spew misinformation or transphobic BS and not mm-hmm. expect for me to to respond because I can respond and it doesn't actually mm-hmm. bother me. Um, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be, but I, well, I I think that's part of it. I think I think people benefit have benefited for a long time from the like. Um, I don't know whatever whatever those sayings are like you know yeah don't feed the trolls or or whatever mm-hmm. but we've gotten to this place where and I, I maybe this is a very dark thought but I I genuinely think I don't think any of these apps are going to do something like actually serious about it or even culturally we will take this seriously until something really 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 bad happens and really 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 bad things have happened um, yeah. not to be. I don't know, horrible or whatever, but I, I don't know. It's it's such a funny. So I I do think I don't. You know, I think if you're doing something out of like love and compassion and like fighting for people that don't have these rights, that like, <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. like, <laughs> fuck like, off. In in particular, because in my work I use inclusive language, you know, mm-hmm. women and menstruators, people with periods, people yeah. with menstrual cycles, and people get very triggered about that yeah. when I'm just making a general post. But yeah. there are so many other corners of the internet that are mm-hmm. just speaking to women. Yeah. It's okay for, for mm-hmm. me to have this corner of the internet where I use inclusive language because of how many people – do not mm-hmm. see themselves as women who menstruate. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it boggles my mind that it actually bothers people so much. It like, is. Just scroll. Yeah. Yeah. Just truly just scroll. And I think um, 
to what Jacqueline was saying earlier about like, you know, this is information for everybody. I think it was making me think of, um, and I don't know really when this started, but I know this is like kind of like a rite of passage that trans women do. Well, they'll carry tampons around mm-hmm. for um, for other women just as like a courtesy thing, which is like, <laughs> God, like just the, the layers of hoops and um, – <laughs> You know, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Um, But that really – and trans women have been doing this for decades, for decades, for years and years and years. Um, And it really pisses people off. It really pisses Mm -hmm. people off. And I think – I mean, I don't think we necessarily need to get into, like, deconstructing turfs or anything like that because I don't know – uh, I don't know how much like space and airtime they necessarily need today, but um, I do. I do find it perplexing that people are so pissed off by it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's. I can understand a lot of like m- oppressive behaviors and. And that, like, that one really, I really can't wrap my head around um, and understand not like a, just, you know, where are these things manufactured from kind of thing. Um, I don't know what my point is here, but it, it, it I, oh, to benefit, to, that benefits everybody. I think, I mean, it's just such a, it's like voting against yourself in a way, you know? It's like we mm. could, we could really all benefit together but I think capitalism and so many other things I mean patriarchy tells women that if if you are in the room like you're so damn lucky to be there and don't fuck this up for us when you think about that about like you know Mm -hmm. female conservative politicians and stuff like that all the time (laughs) like you know what what kool-aid have you been sold um Mm -hmm. so and but I, I don't know it's like it's it's like keep scrolling and also, I don't know, do you feel any kind of responsibility to change people's minds? Maybe not responsibility or like ability. Mm-hmm. I don't – I wouldn't say it's a responsibility to mm-hmm. change other people's minds, but it's a responsibility for me and my community to call people out or to make it just very clear what yeah. my – specific business and page is for yeah so when people come into my comment section with transphobic language and ideology Mm -hmm. I have to make it very clear who is welcome here and what is not yeah because at the end of the day that my community is what matters yeah and my community has women and menstruators you know Mm -hmm. so I I do it to a certain point and then I log off and and yeah. don't look at my phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so our, your initial question or initial <laughs> slide um, was like, do you, you know, do you ever feel like you don't know how to deal with your period? And I think, I mean, I deeply maintain that my – my period is over when I say it's over and I, I manage it for as long as I feel like. And, and then the rest of the world is my canvas. Um, I don't even really know what the question is in there, but like, okay. Yeah. I guess like, you know, what would you say to, to a client or somebody who's, who's 
I guess frustrated. Why, why do you think that this is such a tool and power or yeah, tool for, for success? And, and how would you learn to love <laughs> bleeding all over your jeans five minutes before um, you're supposed to have a podcast interview? Okay, well, it's not, it's not about loving that you blood over <laughs> your jeans. What? It to me last cycle. <laughs> like, that's just a, a part of it. Mm-hmm. And I I have to acknowledge that there are times of your cycle that, that are a pain in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> a period mm-hmm. being one of them. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's expensive. And we, you know, still have to act like we are – you know, fine when we are literally feeling like we have knives stabbing us. Yeah. So it's not to say that there isn't going to be times where our, our menstrual cycles give us a lot of grief. However, in the way that I approach the menstrual cycle isn't just about the period. Yeah. It isn't just about, you know, when you're bleeding because your menstrual cycle is four unique phases. And what we've been kind of taught is that you get your period, here's some tampons, you know, you can get pregnant every single <laughs> day of your cycle. Mm, but mm-hmm. we're missing the fact that in our follicular phase, when our estrogen is rising, we might feel more creative and more mm-hmm. um energetic and when we're ovulating you know we might feel more confident and Mm -hmm. feel like we can do anything um and then in our luteal phase before our periods while we can experience pms we can also have this ability to um respect our boundaries and care for ourselves Mm -hmm. and you know edit things Mm -hmm. and there's a a gift to each phase and Mm -hmm. even when we're bleeding when we're bleeding through our genes Maybe if we got quiet (laughs) enough, we -hmm. might notice that we can connect to our intuition and actually Mm -hmm. be like, is this life working for us right now? Mm -hmm. Is what we're Mm -hmm. doing working for us? And then use that next cycle to, you know, not change things, but to experiment with going in a different direction or trying something new. Yeah. Um, And so, Mm. yeah, periods, yes, they can suck. But there's also a lot of positive benefits to having a menstrual cycle, but we're often not talking about that. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love um, that. It's like, yeah, go ahead, Chuck. Asset based. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, no, I do. I think that's really great because what, you know, what do we – yeah, like we're, we we need something to combat the constant negativity, right? And like like the mm-hmm. constant the, – the grief or the real things that do show up every month and then also like just the negativity that's been taught to us about, yeah. you know, existing in our bodies every, mm-hmm. you know, every month. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think – so I, for – okay, here we go. So for me – I still deal with – like I, I, I brought up that idea or that question in response to what Phoebe shared a couple episodes so it's ago, <laughs> this idea of like, oh, yeah, like this happens every month. Like you know it's going to happen every month, but like mm. you don't like don't know how to deal with it or you haven't built your life in, in a way that responds in, in, in a positive way. Oh, it's way. a shock every single time. It's Why a shock. Why is it still a shock? <laughs> And Even when my I get an, an alert, hi, you're supposed to get your period. I know yeah. so yeah. many things, and yeah. still I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I, I like really think about that idea, and I'm like, okay, 
why is it always such a shock to you and Jacqueline? And like, why do you feel embarrassed about your about how ill prepared you are? Mm. And why, like, where is all of this coming from? Is this like this deep internalized shame? Right. Um, I am always in a situation literally every single month where I'm like, oh, shit, I have to run to the drugstore. Like it's like it, it's like it's like it's like a surprise, like literally, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. though I know exactly. I know when it's coming. I've done cycle tracking before. I've written down my phases. I've done all of this. And yet I still have this like deep, deep, deep inside of me thing that's like, oh, fuck this thing again. Oh, fuck. I got to go deal with this shit. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That is like very angry, gremlin, gross, mean to myself. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, that was – Caitlin, help me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, we can can get into this (laughs) because I think that a lot of us, most of us, are – you know, the first thing we hear about periods is a negative thing. You know, we're all, people are hormonal witches. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know when they're on their period, um, you know, women can't be trusted or or they go um, insane. And mm. we hear all of these things. We hear about that it's going to be painful. We hear that it is disgusting and smelly, and mm-hmm. that you know, I don't know about you, but I definitely hid my tampons on my sleeve when oh. I was going to the bathroom at school. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because because we mm. have been conditioned to believe that our periods are disgusting, make us less than, and they're a source of our shame because mm. they're they're taboo. And, you know, God forbid we leak through our pants at school. That's mm-hmm. the most embarrassing thing to ever happen to us, right? So when we have that messaging growing up and it's still pervasive today – what how would we ever get to a place where we actually feel you know connected to our bodies in that way when we have that gremlin patriarchal you know mind going that Mm. saying that this is not a good thing and I also think of like you know when you're on your period you're feeling really tired or like maybe you don't want to do as much stuff well capitalism requires you to show up every single day the same way so of course Mm -hmm. you're going to think it's a nuisance if you haven't Mm. kind of um unlearned Mm -hmm. the the traditional senses of productivity and showing up in in work and life um Mm -hmm. and we haven't actually taken some time to you know analyze that and deconstruct that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think the like mysticism around cycles and then and then I, what you're saying, Jacques, I think is so smart. Like, you know, this benefits everybody, like mysticism around men's hormonal or, you know, male Mm -hmm. hormonal cycles. Um, I think it's like the most pervasive when we talk about pregnancy in particular. And I've Mm. noticed this like with my girlfriends, um, about like how somebody might get pregnant. It's like, oh, it's so crazy. She missed her birth control pill for two months. And like, like God himself reached down and put and put a baby inside of her. Isn't that insane? And it like genuinely irritates me. It's like, no, you're only women are or uterus havers are only 
for, like can get pregnant for like a very small window of time. Like what's it, like forty eight <laughs> hours max, I think, in a month. Uh, well, it's it's okay. The egg can live for about twenty four hours, but mm-hmm. those sneaky little sperms, sure, they yeah. can go inside and they get real comfortable up yeah. in there and they can survive for five or six days. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Oh, and so, window, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it oh. irritates me so much that it's like, <laughs> I know, suddenly lightsabers become legal in my house. Um, I'm like, no. Yeah. But this is what I mean, right? Like, why did I just have that reaction? Like, anyways, sorry. Well, I know why. <laughs> I um, mean, yeah. <laughs> go away is why. Yeah, exactly. That's why. <laughs> Get out of here. But I yeah. think the mysticism of that is so fucked up. It's like, no, she didn't magically get pregnant. Like nope. there was a bunch of semen splashed up on a cervix somewhere, and and then a and then a baby was created, or not even a fetus was created. And so I, I think we do such a disservice to ourselves when we perpetuate that kind of language. Even yes. and like that's what I mean. You know, like. I'm out to brunch with – and, like, brunch is always the topic of conversation around here because it's, like, that's that's where I feel like I do my biggest, like, mystery hunting. I'm, like, what what's the pulse? <laughs> what's <laughs> what's the cultural beat at brunch? Um, and, and women do it to ourselves. Like, and yeah. it, actually, what was our last episode? We were just talking about that. It's, like, we are perpetuating – that that mysticism we are are like oh I have my period oh isn't it so like this language and we wouldn't Mm. I think the culture has shifted where we talk uh, where we don't necessarily shift to that language if I was in a room with my girlfriends and I said oh I am xyz negative thing about my body the room wouldn't say oh yeah same or something like that the room would say like no we love you like Let's talk nicer about ourselves. And I don't think we've reached that same point with um, hormonal cycles in any way, like even even male hormonal cycles. And I think – I mean, it's just like it's just like patriarchy's like doing a dance because <laughs> it's like, yeah, please keep being – please keep being angry. Please keep being mystified. Please don't use the right language. Please have this like very overgeneralized understanding of these things so that, yeah, you don't – so that we can get more out of you, by the way. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) (laughs) I'm out of breath for my little patriarchy dance. But like I – yeah, I just – I don't even remember what my initial point was, but it's yeah, when women are doing this to ourselves, I don't know. Is there other – I guess my, my question here could be like what other overgeneralization are we kind of making and like how do we start for our – you know, how do we start making these shifts mm. on like a, a personal level? Yeah, I mean there's lots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. there's lots. Um, so – like painful periods is a is a classic yeah. example of course you know people mm-hmm. grit through period pain um mm-hmm. they have very heavy cycles but they actually might have a hormonal imbalance or something like endometriosis or PCOS mm-hmm. and there's a lack of education around any type of menstrual yeah. um irregularity or or menstrual problem and people wait so long to get support because I think it's normal. Mm -hmm. They, you know, I think for endometriosis to get 
it's something like between five and ten years to get a diagnosis. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's so frustrating. And so again, it's like people don't know what is not normal and what is normal Mm -hmm. because our society perpetuates a certain belief around periods that they should be painful, oh, cramps, I just want to eat ice cream or whatever. But, you know, they don't seek that Mm -hmm. support or the – this is an entire different conversation, but – or then they go to the doctor and the doctor says, oh, you're fine. Or they say, oh, get on birth control. And it's mm-hmm. like birth control is wonderful. It is it is great for so many people. But to slap a Band-Aid, um, Band-Aid solution on a underlying issue, it's mm-hmm. good for some time. But as soon as they get off, it comes back mm-hmm. because they, they haven't actually gotten to the issue, mm-hmm. um, which is a huge problem, but a totally different <laughs> Discussion. <laughs> I'm curious about hormonal birth. So I haven't been on any kind of hormonal birth control in like probably six years, maybe five, six years or something like that. And I'm curious as to like, you know, just what you see with your clients, what um, I guess like, you know, if you're tracking, how are, how does that change? But then are you seeing a shift towards more um, like cycle tracking as a, like, I was shocked when I, when I got my IUD taken out, um, how easy it was. I wasn't really, I just wanted to see what it would be like for a little while. And it's just been like, oh, it's very simple and it's fine. It's just, I, I pee on an ovulation stick and I go, okay, that's great. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, again, I guess it's like a function of that, like mysticism of like, oh, here's like, you don't, you don't want to have this information. So I guess like, what are you seeing kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe like culturally. Um, and then, you know, if you are using hormonal birth control, um, you know, what stays the same, what, what shifts. Yeah. So yeah, if you're on hormonal birth control, um, most shut down ovulation, so you're mm-hmm. not ovulating. Um, with an IUD, you may be ovulating, but the um, main mechanic of it is that it thickens up the cervical fluid, so sperm can't get yeah. through, and it, and it really that thins out the uterine lining. Mm-hmm. Um, so tracking... People do say, I've gotten so many people saying that like, I'm on hormonal birth control, but I still feel like this, or Mm -hmm. I still feel like I'm PMSing or or whatever. So although hormonally you're, you know, you're kind of muted, um, Mm -hmm. you still may be experiencing some patterns. So, you know, if you want to track, I would track and just see if anything, um, if you do notice any kind of pattern. Um, but in terms of, um, you know, the cultural, um, Mm -hmm. what I, the vibe I'm getting, (laughs) (laughs) the the vibe, birth control vibes. Um, I think that more people are getting off of hormonal birth control and that may just be because of the, the field that I'm in. Yeah. I, Uh yeah, maybe it self sucks, but I do feel, I feel similarly and I'm, um, I, I don't know. I I think that's part of a f- that's lumped into my anger and frustration that I you know mm. information that I didn't get at the age of twelve because it was you start having sex you go and get birth control you go get on birth control um 
conversation. Yes. I don't. Yeah. 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 And and so it's it's interesting because birth control, especially when it did was created. I don't know if you know this, but the only reason that they put in a pill pack, like the placebo mm-hmm. pack mm-hmm. on birth control, mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. because um you know women and women at the time didn't want to take it because they thought that not having their period was not natural. So they just Mm -hmm. added that pack in so that they could, uh, it could feel more natural. And at the time it was really great because we didn't Mm. have this understanding of our menstrual cycle. And so women could go to work or or get Mm -hmm. through school without worrying about getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, we have a lot more information about how ovulation works. And so I think a lot more people are making more informed decisions mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I think most of us were, you know, pushed on birth control as teenagers yeah. when, I mean, sidebar on that, your menstrual cycle can take up to like six, seven years to regulate. So they're putting teenagers on birth control who are still figuring out their hormonal yeah. grooves. Um, mm-hmm. But more people are, are kind of just getting to know their bodies and mm. wondering and curious about coming off the pill because a lot of people also feel a lot of side effects when they're yeah. on the pill. Um, for me, like just my own personal experience, coming off birth control was like lifting a veil. It was like a fog had been lifted after mm-hmm. I came off. Um, and you know, my, my mental health became a lot more easier to manage because I was able to pinpoint when it flared up in my, mm. in relation to my menstrual cycle. But I will note that this is an individual experience yeah. and that some people do go on the pill and, you know, it's great for them, but we just yeah. have to be curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> in the like, <laughs> that's interesting. So in the terrible hellscape that is the United States, um, I what I find interesting is like my experience with this. I I, I feel like I've been trying. This, well, do I want to talk about this on the internet? Sure. I feel like I've been trying to. It's like the forever question here. <laughs> do I say this <laughs> ever? Yeah. I feel like for a few years I've been trying to get off of hormonal birth control. Mm-hmm. But whenever I go to my provider mm-hmm. and I'm like, you can stop giving me this prescription and mm-hmm. or can you please share with me how to do this safely, right? Or how mm-hmm. to do this in a healthy way. The reaction always is, well, are you trying to have have a baby? Are you trying to get pregnant? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As if yeah. the only two ways to exist <laughs> – Mm-hmm. <laughs> as pre-pregnancy and post-pregnancy. Yes, is is without a baby and with a baby. <laughs> that yeah. is it, right? Like, <laughs> and are you a not mother or a mother? <laughs> yes, are you a mother or not a mother? Exactly, and and so it's like. Actually, I'll just – a quick – my ovulation – this is horrible. Not spawn, clearly. My ovulation tests are called pre-mom and it makes me want to fucking die. Is that not horrible? Is that not horrible? Go away. And it's got a little baby on it. It's like I'm I'm actively trying not to have a child at the moment. But that's the thing. It's like (laughs) – 
<laughs> that is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's like the awareness of all of this, awareness of all of these things comes with the decision to be pregnant, right? Yeah. Or the de- like, or the decision not to be, and you find yourself or like whatever it looks like, right? Like it's like that is like, oh, that's what I have to pay attention to this shit. That's mm-hmm. when I have to care about ovulation. That's when I have to whatever. Right. And I think that mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. that's problematic. There's like a lot of issues with that. But I find fu- like where does – okay. So someone like me who mm-hmm. is experiencing, frankly, harm, right, from mm-hmm. uh, medical providers that are continuing to kind of have this – narration of this very specific way of looking at my body and my cycle, right? Where do I go if yeah. I want to if I if I'm I want another way because I think this is the situation with so many people, right? Is like okay, I'm just going to continue on and maybe I'll mm-hmm. find the answer eventually, but I don't have resources otherwise that feel safe, trustworthy, depend like accurate like whatever right where what where does someone like me go yeah yeah good question um and i'm sorry that your doctor you know reacts that way but i know a lot of my clients have had very similar experiences Mm -hmm. um so first of all like I I feel like there's a huge distrust with with medical establishments, and a lot of it is is you know, uh, what's the word? It's it's warranted, earned. Yeah. <laughs> earned. Yeah. But on the flip side, you know, your doctor is only taught what they're taught. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so they have one view of, of how they approach medicine and how they approach reproductive care and health. And, you know, they're not necessarily taught, you know, about the reproductive system to the degree in which they should have been. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, your doctor may just not have the information. <laughs> um but in regards to resources, um, you know, there's lots of, of um, like fertility awareness um, practitioners out there. Um, there's a really good book called Taking Charge of Your Fertility that um, breaks everything down. Um, and I, I always recommend like naturopaths, if you can find one who, you know, is similar in value to you, a naturopath is a, is a wonderful, um, tool if it is within your financial, um, fine, if you are, you know, of means to afford a naturopath or your insurance covers it. Um, but there's also, yeah, a lot of books as well. Now I will say that if you are just starting out, um, in this journey, if you were, you know, coming off the pill, please don't be having unprotected sex, um, until you are very confident and comfortable with, you know, looking for ovulatory signs and confirming ovulation did take place and it can take months and it has, and it is, is a commitment. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, um, <clears throat> I, again, Caitlin, I don't know if this is what you've been saying, but I am wondering if, or maybe Jacques, you can speak to this as well. Um, 
with abortion rights being put on so many political tables right now, you know, is this what, you know, I I mean, I feel this way up in in Canada, like what, I mean, I, again, I feel so, I thought I had to, I thought I was pregnant a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, whatever. Um, and I realized it was like the first time I'd ever, I was like, shit, like a, not just a, like, I don't know, I sat on a toilet seat wrong, kind of like, and I'm pregnant all of a sudden, like panic, that thing that you're taught in school. Um, but I, I had the, like my first realization of like, oh shit, I actually don't know where I go get an abortion here. Um, and like, what, what do I do? What I called a friend. Um, but I, I'm wondering, yeah, I, I guess I, I don't even know what the question is in here, but like, you know, are, Jacqueline, are you considering, like, are you, do you feel like your, uh, for abortion rights are significantly impacted and go off yeah. birth control? Like, and yeah. then like, you yeah. know, I, it's so frustrating to me that like, that's part of the decision-making as well. It's mm, like, not just like, mm-hmm. do I go off birth control, but like, is my access to an abortion if I need one available to me? Um, yeah. 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 That's yeah. not a question. Yeah. That's just a concern yeah, no. that fl- is in my no. mind. Yeah, I know. And and for a long time, I was like um, backing off talking about um, ovulation and, and like non um, hormonal birth control options because it, it's un it's it, because if people get pregnant right now in mm-hmm. the states in some states, they mm-hmm. may not be able to get an abortion, mm-hmm. which you know, in terms of my work, I would never want that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, of mm-hmm. course, that's a, a, a part of the mm. – a big part of the discussion about coming off of hormonal birth control. So, of course, yeah. we need to be aware of our, our abortion rights. We need to have the proper education if we decide that is for us and – or the means. Yeah. Um, the means if something – does happen and we mm-hmm. are in a state that is not does not have access to abortion mm-hmm. um i will say that like if of course if you are in a state that it does not have access to abortion and you are on a birth control you know may, maybe don't come off of birth control right now mm-hmm. um but i will say that coming off birth control and understanding your body and mm-hmm. tracking your temperature or looking at your cervical positioning and um th- the consistency of your cervical mucus hello mm-hmm. um <laughs> your body's sending you signals <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. your body's sending yeah. you signals and once you get um once you're aware of that you know it's it's a little it's a way less scary than you think it is Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it's that agency thing again. I will just add – I know we've talked about them on the pod before, but we'll add in our resource notes, um, plancpills.org. And I know a lot of um, Canadians and people, uh, folks in the States – I don't know. This really, this is a whole other conversation, but it really irritates the shit out of me when my fellow Canadians say, aren't you so glad? I'm like, do, mm. what do you think? That is their neighbor <laughs> – neighbor yeah. my man anyway um but plancpills.org they are at home birth or abortion pills that you can stock mm-hmm. up on they do not expire they last for a long time go and get yourself some um keep them in a cupboard for a rainy day yes. or maybe a for a friend's rainy day um yeah i don't know i just ugh, ugh, yeah ugh, i think ugh, ugh, anger <laughs> 
it's been really interesting to see the response living in the States Mm -hmm. in the sense of like empowerment and education Mm -hmm. because, I mean, I hate this. Like I, I hate this. I hate that an abortion, the overturn of Roe versus Wade is what opened the education around this, right? But now there are programs where people, guess guess who, moms, Mm -hmm. are going into grade schools and middle schools and are having and talking about with the school nurses, et cetera, with young girls around their cycles, around tracking their cycles, around ovulation, around whatever, again, and not from like the religious standpoint, Mm -hmm. right? But from the- Abstinence. (laughs) Right. Abstinence, but here's how to family plan or whatever. Um, But as a real sense of like, actually, this is is something you can do because it's- To, in order to mm. not get pregnant so mm. that you don't have to get an yeah. abortion so because you live in a place where that is not going to happen for you, yeah. right? Or you have to travel yeah. or whatever, right? So – or that you don't have access to that. So that's interesting because, again, I hate that that is what has kind of um, normalized um, – you know these these this education or these conversations and in, in young in for young girls and 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 bo- like for young people in um, middle school and grade school, but there is something I don't know I I, I don't know that I just find that interesting. Um, but I that think that that, that been... education I think that that education should have been there all along. Of course, of course yes, it's, it's sad. Yeah. It's it's horrible that that's because of Roe versus Wade being overturned, but we should have had access to that information all Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is so much more complicated now, right? Exactly. This idea of like, do I stay off birth control or stay on birth mm-hmm. control? Do I get off yeah. birth control, right? Um, so much more complicated. And now I think of this week, actually, there's 13, 14 states, right? There, I think it's 14, um, where abortion is now banned. 13 states. I That gives me – I have such a physical reaction to that. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, me too. That's like uh, – uh, 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Donate. Go grab your plantsypills.org. Um, <laughs> yes. Kate, is there any, um, like, one – is there, like – do you have, like, a favorite, like, hormone fact that you, like, love to tell mm. people or, like, um, like, ha- like a happy <laughs> note to end yes. on? Okay, great. Yes, I know. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's not. It's but. not you. It's us. It's always us. Um, but it yeah. is part of what the conversation is, right? And I think yeah. – I mean, I will say – you know, I, I've known well, – we didn't talk about this, but I've known you for a long time. And I – I it's so beautiful to see so, – I mean, this is just my 
uh, I don't know, litmus test for any person that I consume anything of, but it's like, are we talking about, are we talking about the whole thing right now? Are we looking at the big picture? And, um, it's so, I don't think I would have any interest in, um, in myself, which is a really horrible thing, um, to think about. I don't think I would have any interest in my bodily autonomy if it weren't for people like you talking about the big picture, the whole picture Mm. when we have these conversations, because I have no interest in pre-mom with the baby on it. And I don't want a fucking period product with a flower on it. And I would simply rather die. And so I, it's so, what you do is like beyond so needed. And, um, yeah, knowing you is just, it's made a huge a huge impact in in my own relationship with my body and and my and my cycle. So thank you. No, so thank you. It's not yes, all bad. You. It's not all yeah, bad. But yes, not, you're okay. Your your fun fact. your fun fact, if you will. <laughs> okay, but but it's kind of a long one. Is that okay? Yeah. No. Of course. <laughs> not a long, of course. long, but it's okay. Okay. It doesn't so have your to menstrual be cycle. Yeah. Yeah. So your menstrual cycle has um, two halves to it, the follicular phase and your luteal phase. The follicular phase is called follicular because the um, follicles that contain your um, your eggs are getting stimulated until one juicy egg is chosen for ovulation. Oh God, After it ruptures fun. out of that follicle, mm-hmm. um, it enters the luteal phase. Now here is the cool fact is that that um, follicle that used to contain the egg, it actually transforms into a temporary gland, the only temporary gland that happens so quickly in the in the whole body. Um, and that temporary gland is actually what produces progesterone for the second half of the cycle. And then once your period mm. comes, it just goes away. <laughs> Which I think is really cool. Yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Wow. I, my favorite thing that I've learned from you is that men have a 24-hour hormonal cycle. Yeah. And, yes. uh, well, yeah, cis men have a 24-hour hormonal. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. oh. Can't oh, even finish I it. Can't even, I can't even I, I can't. I just. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I will say at the same time, I do think sometimes when I'm like, walking around town knowing me so well I'm like must be so sad if you don't like I feel like I have a superpower at the same time Mm -hmm. I want a lightsaber but also I feel like I have a superpower yes um which is I guess just (laughs) what being a woman is (laughs) oh yes true um Caitlin is there anything that you're promoting where can people find you all of the stuff uh, yeah, uh, you can find me on consciouslykate.com, um, on TikTok and Instagram, consciouslykate, although TikTok is more fun for me and for everyone. Kate's TikTok, Kate is why I'm on TikTok at all in the first place because I was like, hmm, <laughs> if fun people are over there, I'll go over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, um, right now the only offering I have is one-on-one coaching so we can sit down, we can talk about, you know, your relationship to your menstrual cycle and start using your menstrual cycle as a powerful tool to, you know, survive and <laughs> I'm going to say thrive in the dumpster <laughs> fire of the world that we live in. Yes. <laughs> Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, Caitlin is also have a has a workshop coming up, which will you will be able to yes. 
see when I'm just looking at when this podcast comes out. Yes, it will. Um, oh. Caitlin is teaching a workshop on the 25th inside of my membership in the roots. So you can come in and see mm. it's called bleed your art out. Um, <gasps> it's about creativity it's about, and the menstrual yeah. cycle. Uh huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Which are uh-huh. totally linked. And um, if you ever feel like, you know, you go through creative blocks or, you know, you you do something and you struggle with actually putting it out in the world, then your menstrual cycle might be the tool that you're looking for. Oh, nailed it. Nailed the pitch. Um, yeah. Yes, I'm so excited. Um, all of Kate's stuff will be in the... What is it called? The description? Where all the things the go? The show notes. The show notes. Thank you, Shockley. <laughs> wow, um, that's a real, that was a real turn of the tables moment. Yeah. Because I don't know what anything is when it comes well, to Well, I don't know. I don't know. This is why we have, this is why it's a partnership. Very specifically. Um, relay race. Anyway, thank you very much, thank Caitlin. You. Um, Thanks for joining me. Thank you for listening to Do You Ever Feel Like? Follow this chaos wherever you get your podcasts. Our artwork is by Simon Peng. Do You Ever Feel Like? is produced by Jacqueline Wills and Phoebe Taylor. You can follow us on Instagram at Do You Ever Pod. You can write to us at Do You Ever Pod at gmail.com. Okay, bye. Bye.